Will you please pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we give thanks for how your spirit is made real in our world and real in our lives. And we pray that through that spirit, we may hear your word for us today. Amen. Mark 4, 26-34 Then Jesus said, This is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scatters seed on the ground, then sleeps and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. The earth produces crops all by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain because it's harvest time. He continued, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, he continued to give them the word as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables, then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, we have two parables about planting seeds, which is particularly exciting to me because we encounter parables differently than almost any other Bible story. When we read a parable, we never ask, did this really happen? Because we know that's, that's not the point of a parable. The point of a parable is the lesson that's hidden in the story. But when we read a parable, we don't know for sure what lesson Jesus is trying to teach us. You know, parables aren't like Jesus teaching on the law, where Jesus says, do this. Parables are stories that we are left to interpret. Our text today even says that Jesus did not explain the point of the parable to the crowd. Instead, Jesus invites them to discover the truth from, for themselves. And while that, it can be a little frustrating that we never know for sure what Jesus means in a par- parable, that same lack of clarity also gives us permission to, to keep finding new meaning. We have to ask, what does this story mean in my life today? And, of course, we have different answers as we grow and change. And all that is wonderfully ironic because I almost didn't preach on these parables because I presumed there was nothing new to say. I mean, specifically with the parable of the mustard seed. I just thought I I knew what Jesus meant. Or... Rather, I was, I was probably just pretty attached to my favorite take on this parable. Enough so that actually when I uh, was asked to travel to South Korea to preach in this massive church, this is the parable I preached on. 
And I preached a version of that sermon at Urban Grace like five years ago and then about a year and a half ago. So when it came up in the lectionary, I just thought, well, I got to find a different scripture. No one wants to hear the same thing again, you know, which is the ironic part. Because when I sat down and actually read the parable, the thing happened that that happens when you read parables. I found new meaning and insight waiting for me. And, and really, I think the main thing that, that struck me was, was how little these parables ask us to do. In, in Mark 4, Jesus has just begun his ministry. He, get, he uh, gets up in front of the largest crowd he'd ever drawn, and he doesn't tell them how to behave or what kind of prayers they're supposed to say. Instead, Jesus tells a parable about how God's kingdom, how God's presence in the world grows like a plant. In the first parable, uh, there's a, a farmer or a person who scatters seeds, but then does very little else because, as Jesus says, the earth produces crops all by itself. The farmer here doesn't even understand how or why plants grow, and they certainly aren't causing the plant to grow. The second parable kind of doubles down on this same theme. Jesus explains that God's presence grows like a mustard seed. And mustard seed is like, it's like a weed. Uh, the first century ecologist Pliny the Elder wrote that Mustard grows entirely wild. Once it's been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it. So according to Jesus, God's kingdom or God's presence in our world is like a plant that grows and spreads completely independently of what we may or may not be doing which means it's not our job to make the plant grow or to control it. God is sprouting up all around us, no matter what we do or don't do. And, and that, like I said, that jumped out to me when I read it because it sounded so passive. It sounded different than what I expected, and certainly different than what I was taught in my formative years. Never once did I show up at youth group and hear the youth pastor say, Ah, so glad everyone could make it tonight. We have a really chill evening planned. Ah, Dylan, he wrote a few songs. And, you know, they sound a little bit like early John Mayer. So he's going to lead those, and then the Franklins have graciously offered to let us use their pool for a game of blindfolded water polo. Ah, but before we do that, I have a word on my heart that I want to share with you about why your actions don't matter to God's kingdom. So I'm really stoked that you're here tonight. Of course we didn't hear that because we didn't want to hear that. I mean, I was a youth pastor. I, I exposed teens to the joy of bowling with frozen chickens. 
But I never once told kids that their actions didn't matter to God because no one wants to hear that. We, we want to matter. We want our faith to matter. We want to feel involved. And aside from what we want, I also think our actions do matter. But these parables help me see that the kind of actions that matter to Jesus might be different than what I had in mind. I'll, I'll share an example. For, for most of my life, I thought my, my personal connection to God was based on what I did or didn't do. When God felt distant, that was because I wasn't putting in the work. I needed to pray and read the Bible and think about God all the time. And, and when that failed, I just went to church a bunch. Like in, in seminary, we had a, a 20-minute chapel service every day. And I went every day because I felt nothing. I didn't know how to conjure up spirituality, but I knew it was my job, so I just went to chapel. At least that was something to do. Something that, in retrospect, was probably a coping mechanism for my fear that I'd made a huge mistake. My fear that I shouldn't be a pastor. But as long as I held on to the belief that, that hard work could stabilize my faith, then I could be in control. Then I would be confident that everything was going to be okay. But in these parables, that's not how God's kingdom works. God's activity in our world is like a seed that sprouts and grows. The farmer is not doing the work. God is. The farmer can't control the plant's growth. The farmer doesn't understand how all this works. Instead, the farmer waits to see what grows and what dies. And, and speaking of dying, that was the, the other thing I noticed about this parable that I'd never noticed before. The mustard seed is an annual. Every year, the plant dies, but before it dies, it drops seeds on the ground and overnight, over time, new life grows again. And, and that's what happened to me. As I surrendered control over my spirituality, I found a seed sprouting within me. A, I don't know, a vulnerable young plant where, where spirituality was not so much about doing, but waking up to how God is present in subtle ways in the world around me. And as I grew, as that, I don't know, that, that plant grew, I picked up some spiritual practice, which is spiritual practices, which are things that I do. But they're practices that help me quiet what's happening in my brain and in my body 
so I can be aware of God's activity that's all around me. I, I can't control how God shows up, but I get to look, I get to listen, I get to witness, and I get to join in. I get to keep coming back to tired old places in my life with curiosity about what's dying and where new life is springing forth. I get to take a break for a moment and, and relax because I know it's not all up to me. God will be present in our world and in my life. My role is to pay attention and join in, to look for new life in the midst of death, to return to these ancient words of truth in our scriptures and, and have the assurance that, that old understandings may die so that new ones can live. Right? This opens me up to be present here and now because God's kingdom is springing up all around us. Thanks be to God.